You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. I am Doug Branson. I cover the team for Fan Rag Sports. I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bob Kitties for AtTheHive.com, David Walker. That's right, Doug. Back in the day, At The Hive was known as Rufus, Rufus on, on Fire. Fire. That's right. Little little music pun. I think that's the last time you wrote for them, right? When they were... <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> we've got a fantastic show. Let me tell you, we've got some thoughts from a hard-fought loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, the Hornets take another L, but there were some positives. We will glean a few of those. Plus, uh, interesting news in Cleveland as Ty Lue takes a step back from the team to address his health. Sounds really familiar, I know, to some of you out there who follow the Hornets closely. And a special guest is joining Locked On NBA on Thursday. We'll tell you who it is. And... This show is brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag, and we're going to answer some questions from our Twitter followers. You can follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Hornets, and ask your questions. Trey on Twitter even gave us a name for the day. This makes complete sense. Just do Twitter Tuesdays. Shout out to Trey. Yeah, Twitter Trey. Twitter, uh, <laughs> that's hard to say. <laughs> Twitter Trey. Tweeting, tweeting Trey. Anyway, we've got some questions. He asked one, so we've got a question yeah, from Trey. We'll get into those as well. But first, let's go to Philadelphia. The Hornets, mm. their fourth straight road game. And uh, it's not going well. It's not going well. <laughs> but uh, they did hold the Philadelphia 76ers to under 110 points. They lose this one 108 94. Uh, had a good uh, half, uh, went into the half with a lead, scored 38 points in the second quarter. But once again, just like in New York, they get uh, absolutely run in the third quarter, outscored by Philadelphia 32-14. to 14. But I want to start in that first half because that was the good half. Philadelphia looked asleep at the wheel, and the Hornets, their young bench players, David, took advantage, including, don't call him Willie, Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. Billy. Billy was getting mm-hmm. silly in Philly. Good to see, right? I mean, a little excitement coming off the bench there. A little spark we hadn't seen from uh, Willie Hernan Gomez as of, as of late. So anything right now, Doug, anything positive uh, should be held up and lauded. And so good on you, Willie. Well, yeah. So at, we, we co- sort of covered this yesterday, Steve Clifford's comments on Billy Hernan Gomez and why he wasn't playing. But we forgot to mention that after the game, Clifford praised Billy for his play against New York in, in what was, you know, a little bit of a revenge game for Hernan Gomez, who was not satisfied with his time in New York. Mm-hmm. But Clifford said it was one of the best performances he's seen from him. And, and then he gets this follow up 17 points in the first half, including a clutch corner three at the buzzer in the second quarter 
off the nice find from uh, Kemba Walker. So, yeah, I mean, you, listen, he's Oof. he's under contract for next season, so you want to see him play well. And it's, you know, it's all of these young guys. I mean, Malik Monk, I thought, had some good moments. Dwayne Bacon yep. struggled to score offensively but played well defensively. Uh, the team uh, was plus 17 when Bacon was on the floor. So, you know, he was playing well with both units. And, uh, yeah, it's it's good. Look, if you're going to lose a game this late in the season, good to see the and young guys are. playing well. <laughs> <laughs> and they will. Hey, so we're going with Billy, right? I, I said Willie a couple of times. It's Billy. We're sticking with Billy. We're sticking with it because that All is right. what he would like to be called, yes. Okay. Well, that's important. My mom, a lot of times, will call people names that she just makes up for them and that they don't necessarily like. But I'm not going to do that here with Billy. I'm going to stick with the name he would She prefer. just gets – your mom just gets creative with the nicknames or just doesn't <laughs> know exactly not- how to say a name and just goes with it? No, no, no. Not even a nickname so much as just a, a, a different pronunciation. Just, perhaps, just out there calling maybe, calling Kimba Dan? I mean, what, like Dan Walker? No, like, what is a... No, no. Like, she'll call my wife, his, his given name is Elizabeth. She'll call her Lizette. Oh, just, I got it. Just fancy, fancy it up a little bit. I got it, but it has nothing to do with, like, no one's ever called that person that before. No one's ever requested to be called Lizette. No, certainly not. So uh, she would, well, she would say, like, William Hernan Gomez. <laughs> She would probably definitely say William. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out, Mom. Oh, In case you're listening, which you're not. Hey, Doug, one thing on this yeah. game to me, um, just real quick on the actual the gameplay, is particularly in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just pretty stark, the difference in these two teams. One of them, you know, jockeying for a position and ha- had a little more poise than the other one in the Hornets that was just kind of depending on Kemba or whomever to hit a shot. I mean, the Sixers got shots, but seemed to get good shots and they hit them, but more in the flow of their offense, whereas the Hornets was kind of the same old, same old for them, just kind of struggling to get quality looks with ball movement. And that's, you know, once again, what hurt them in the fourth, I thought. Yeah, offensively, they sort of fell apart in that second half. Shots were not going down. Kimball Walker went cold, only 16 assists for the Hornets. Compare that to 30 assists for the Philadelphia 76ers. Also, offensive rebounding, a big story in this one. 17 offensive rebounds. For the 76ers, they are very good at doing that, and the Hornets could not keep them off the boards. Uh, Joel Embiid had four. Ben Simmons, the point guard, had three offensive Man. rebounds. Though he's, you know, he's like, you know, eight feet tall, so that makes yeah. sense. But Irsan Ilyasova had four. Mm. Like you got to keep Ilyasova off. If there's one guy you got to keep off the boards, feel like you got to keep Ilyasova off the offensive boards. Only seven offensive rebounds uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so a lot of things sort of came together in that second half uh, uh, to uh, help them lose this game. Uh, quick pause to tell you about how you can make a boatload of money by betting at my bookie. If you haven't checked them out yet, this is a perfect time to get into the action. The madness of March is here. It's never been madder. It's time to lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join MyBookie today, and you don't ever have to be frustrated again. I would only recommend a service that's been good to our listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. Simple as that. Fast, without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. MyBookie is the spot for in-game live betting, so you can actually place a game after the game tips off. Very cool. 
If you join up now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus and you can even enter for a chance to win their million dollar bracket challenge, visit my bookie today and use our promo code locked on NBA to activate that offer. Play, win, get paid with my bookie. Short pause. We're going to come back, talk more about this game in Philadelphia. Plus, uh, we've got some Twitter Tuesday questions for you from the fans. We'll answer those. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the f- Dude. Uh-oh. He's just injured, man. It's, it's okay. okay. It's Look, just, you know, he's injuries just having to deal happen. With an injury. He didn't want <laughs> to get injured, okay, David? But, but uh, sorry, guys, I just had someone jump out in front of my vehicle. That's uh, that was understandable. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Twitter Tuesday here on Locked On Hornets. We're answering your questions from Twitter. You can follow us there at Locked On Hornets and on Instagram as well at Locked On Hornets. Let's start with the creator of Twitter Tuesdays, Trey. Trey, I'm sorry you're getting no royalties for this, but uh, thank you for the name. Join the club. (laughs) Twitter Trey asks, out of our three rookies – I guess he's including um, William Hernan Gomez in this. <laughs> Who do you think will pan out best? He says, I lean more towards Bacon every game. So, David, out of the three, we've got the two rookies and then the Hornets rookie in Billy Hernan Gomez. Who do you think is going to pan out best amongst those three? Yeah, I'm still going with Malik Monk, Doug. Um, I certainly think his ceiling is the highest. I just think what he showed in college is ability to score and take over games. Different level, obviously, but he had that spark, and um, I'm going with him because he's got, I think, more of a refined scoring skill than does Bacon, who maybe can do a few more things, but I feel like you can teach those other things and bring them into your game easier than can you, uh, you know, just prolific shooting and scoring. So I'm going with Malik Monk. Uh, you know what? I had this interesting thought during the game. Malik Monk has been a much better passer than shooter yeah. in his rookie season. Who would have Who would have seen that coming? Like, I expected Malik Monk to come in. I didn't expect him to win rookie of the year. I really didn't expect him to eat up a lot of minutes because I felt like the limitations of his defense would keep him – uh, from getting uh, a lot, uh, you know, uh, uh, the significant run that a, that a rookie of the year candidate would need, especially under Steve Clifford, and and that all bore out. But I expected him to occasionally come in and knock down shots, and he just really hasn't been able to do that. Uh, yeah. But he has shown a passing ability that I didn't quite expect to see from him. He had a he had that nice touch pass to Hernan Gomez uh, in this one. And uh, th- those are the kind of skills that I just didn't see uh, at, when I looked at his film at Kentucky. Um, but that's certainly been welcome. But again, at the same time, it's like you got to hit shots. Yeah. Where's the shot? Oh, my Twitter, though, the, our Twitter is full of people saying, oh, he'll find a shot. Don't worry. 
Don't worry, he'll do it. I'm a little worried. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> How'd you like him challenging Embiid on that on that layup to, to the rim? Confidence is not his problem. It's yeah, just exactly. It's just the result. <laughs> like it's it's fine to have confidence, but you also have to have the result. I'm waiting for the result. And the other thing that I noticed in in this game and it got me thinking about just his season as a whole. He sucks up so much oxygen on the offensive end and really hasn't developed a relationship at all with with Frank Kaminsky. You like you've seen yeah. him and Bacon connect a few times. You saw him and Hernan Gomez in this game connect a few times. Just haven't really seen much from Monk and Kaminsky. And so moving forward, if if both of these players remain on this Hornets bench, I think that could be a little bit of a storyline. Do these guys kind of need to get it together? you know, in the off season and figure out a way to develop the, the kind of two man game that lamb and Kaminsky have developed this season. So those are my, those are my, those are a great question, but those are my thoughts on, on the rookies from this uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Game. So who's oh. your guy? Did you pick one? Did you, did you, I mean, I, I just personally love bacon's offensive versatility and, and the mm-hmm. way that uh, he's shown an ability to actually get to the rim and, and, and take some contact. And, but I'm also mm-hmm. intrigued by Malik Monk's athleticism, the way he can get above the rim. Um, I, I just, I guess I'm just because he, he already has some, some things that he can lean on, on the defensive end. I really feel like bacon at this point, but I, but I'm, I'm on the fence which is not a great yeah. place to be in, in radio. Like you want to take a strong stance, but yeah. it's just been Seriously. so confusing with these two rookies who we thought were going to be plug and play. We thought they were going to be immediate contributors and they haven't necessarily been that either of them. Oh, maybe this year. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe You're we'll right. You are year, Debbie yeah. Downer. Okay. Let's get back to this uh, Philadelphia 76ers game. Uh, hard to believe David that, that things have gotten this bad, right? I mean, since winning five straight, they've gone two and eight in the last 10, just barely avoided giving up another 110 points. Credit Philadelphia for making some halftime adjustments, uh, both defensively and in, in stopping what Kimball Walker was doing. I think he hit 72 mid-range shots in that first half. They sort of took that away. And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, this is a good defensive team, uh, but they also hit the boards hard. Knock the Hornets out. The Hornets are not developing a lot of good looks on offense. They're not getting a lot of shots to fall. And as the game grinds on, they let the defense slip. Yeah. And, and no Dwight Howard kind of late in there in the game either, Doug, um, going with a, a different lineup look there. So that doesn't help your ability to rebound, I don't think. And then just this late in the season, not having Batum, you know, another guy that can set things up, of course. Not having Zeller, another guy who's been out there a lot. You're mixing in these new guys. It's just going to be almost near impossible to have any sort of flow in this little window of time, even when you have a leader out there like Kemba Walker. Because think about all the things that Nick and Cody do for Kemba, obviously the screens and getting them open and stuff. But these other guys are just really trying to not only find them, find their own way out there, right? But when you're out there with Kemba, you mentioned Malik obviously taking up a lot of air. I mean, Kemba is obviously taking up a lot of attention too, but you got to figure out how to position yourself and play with him and the other guys out there. And then you've got a guy in MKG who, who's not going to space the floor, but does other little things. So it's a tough ask right now for any group they put out there with Monk or, or Hernan Gomez or even Bacon, you know, with those guys in the mix, 
they just haven't played enough to know what these other guys are going to do. I mean, they've been there watching, but it's going to be tough for them to find rhythm. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, when things get tight, it's going to be almost impossible. Well, it doesn't help, you know, when you have MKG missing mid-range shots. You've got Dwight Howard with these these weird face-ups that start way far from the basket. I mean, those just aren't great offensive looks. And and it really just – it. The, the the defense in the fourth quarter of the opposing team just wants that. They want that so bad. And and that's what's happening. There hasn't been a lot of ball movement in the fourth quarter. Things get very confusing for that offense then. Joel Embiid, 10 of 17 in this game, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc, 25 points, 19 rebounds, did have 9 turnovers as well. When you look at the matchup, uh, Dwight Howard allowed Embiid to go 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. And there was one play in the third quarter – that I think really summarized what we were talking about yesterday with Dwight Howard. He has never missed the playoffs. He's never played in these type of really meaningless, truly meaningless games where you have no shot uh, really of making the playoffs and and you've got to just kind of grind through. And really it it takes a certain personal pride, a pride in team, and a, a, a willingness to say, all right, I'm going to try hard even though I don't have to. There was one play that really summed up what we were sort of worried about. It was in the third quarter, uh, a little bit of a quick offense play off a miss uh, for Philadelphia. Ben Simmons brings the ball quickly down uh, the court and posts up. I believe he posted up. Yeah, he posted up MKG and gets pretty far down the basket. Dwight Howard trailing the play doesn't stay with Embiid at all, just runs right past Embiid, who is his matchup, to the post and Ben Simmons takes kind of a couple of weird swipes at it looked like a cat sort of playing with a toy and and missing the toy you've seen that before it takes yep. a couple of weird swipes and then Embiid immediately sees oh there's Dwight Howard oh there's Joel Embiid at the three-point line he passes back out to Embiid who has a wide open three Dwight Howard has no chance of recovering so it's just those kind of like weird plays where it's like what are you what's happening here why is this why is this happening? And that was when the Hornets had the lead in the third quarter and there were several of those plays and it's just again he's never been in this situation before and I think you're you're starting to see you know when when people need thing when people need things to rev the engine when those things go away some guys just decide all right well this is this is my time now I mean, and all, well, Embiid's also a tough cover, right? There's not many. Well, you say it's a really tough cover guys. when you don't. When you don't cover, well, when you actually don't well, cover him, it is a very yeah. tough cover. I'm just saying, if you got to make a decision to help a guy in the post, and you got Embiid, you, you may take your chances. Maybe not for much longer, but not many of those guys are out there hitting threes. I guess maybe more in today's NBA. To be fair, uh, but your point, your point is noted. <laughs> the Hornets will look to rebound versus Brooklyn on. Wednesday night. I will say this, there were certainly more interesting moments in this one than in New York. This wasn't as complete of a collapse as it was uh, in in New York, but few of them coming from players that would make a significant win-loss difference anytime soon. It was just a lot of young guys uh, having having good nights and making exciting plays. Fun to watch, uh, but less encouraging when you're when your starting unit gets thoroughly dominating. We didn't mention the fact that Nick Batum did not play in this game. That's going to hurt their assist total and mm-hmm. and hurt their offensive execution, especially late in this game. Could have used Nick Batum, but he uh, was out 
with uh, Achilles soreness. And we'll get an update on his condition. They don't consider the injury serious, but it's that time of year. When you yep. when you don't, especially with a guy who makes as much money as Nick Batum, you don't want to take chances. And the mm-hmm. Hornets are certainly uh, known as a team that's going to be cautious. And that and that's probably not going to help with Dwight's engagement either. I mean, he and Nick have developed a little bit of chemistry lately. That lob play has been working well, and now that's gone away. So that's another facet where Dwight can kind of get in the mix, touch the ball, have some success. And the more he can do that. I mean, the more he's going to be engaged, as we've seen. So you take that away. It's just another thing that could be, you know, uh, distracting for him as far as 100% concentration. Oh, yeah! I was waiting for it. Uh, And it came at the perfect time. The satchel of NBA LOLs. Get a good one. Oh, well. You know, sometimes the satchel, it empties out a little bit, and and then someone comes along and refills it with plentiful NBA LOLs. And this (laughs) week, dig down in here and grab this one. This week, it was Jordan Clarkson filling up the satchel. I don't know if you've heard about these, David. There's a couple from Jordan here. No. Jordan was on the Road Trippin' podcast with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, And Clarkson has some interesting thoughts on prehistoric history. Oh, Lord. He thinks that humans used to be giants and have okay. dinosaurs as pets. He expressed these firmly held beliefs on the Road Trippin' Podcast, Clarkson said, quote, I don't believe in dinosaurs either. Well, actually, I do. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. Okay, this is going to get a little bit crazy. It's already been pretty crazy, Jordan. I'm going to have yeah. to say that. He says, I'm going to take y'all a little left on this. Y'all know how we got dogs and stuff, right? So I think there were there were bigger people on the world before us and like the dinosaurs were their pets. And Fry comes back with, so how big? This is the natural question. So he just sure. says all of that. He says, I don't believe in dinosaurs. Actually, I do. In fact, the dinosaurs were pets for humans that were way larger than we are now. And Fry asks the natural question, so how big were these people? <laughs> he wants some stats. Great follow-up. <laughs> Clarkson says, well. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> he says, well, you look at a dinosaur, they might be three times bigger than that. Three times bigger than a dinosaur. Any dinosaur. You take a look at any dinosaur, pick one. Yeah, Stegosaurus, Tyrannosaurus. Any saurus, you pick any saurus you want. And humans were three times bigger than that. I want to know, gotta, I wanna know gotta, Jordan Clarkson's view on Flintstones. Does he think that yeah. Barney Rubble is a, is a giant human being? Well, the dinosaurs are still uh, 
to scale in, in Flintstones, <laughs> right? Because for Fred, he flew down one to uh, clock out every day, right? Uh, he zipped down that tail. That's right. He was. That's right. That's right. Flintstones was sort of grind against his view. And that's because, history. I mean, that's that's undeniable. Uh, those are facts. Remember so, when the Jetsons met the Flintstones? Greatest cartoon movie of all time. By the way, everyone's saying Infinity Wars is going to be the greatest crossover movie of all time. And I say, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Have you seen Jetsons meet the Flintstones? Have you yeah, seen that movie? Clearly. That was... That was, you know, pairing Kobe and Shaq, pairing Shaq and Wade. That was Fred. Is this Jetsons. new rise? Is this new rise of these theories? Uh, is this um, mm-hmm. is this like the YouTube education generation, or what? What is going on, Doug? Do you have a theory around this? I mean, there's flat earthers, of course. Well, I have, <laughs> I have a, where is this stuff coming from? I have a couple of theories. Yes, I. I well, listen, when people have well, <laughs> I always have <laughs> theories. Uh, well, when people have a lot of money and they have a lot of time on their hands, mm-hmm. you you have to find something to to stimulate you. And, and people go a lot of different directions with that. And I feel like that's part of where this comes from. Like you're more susceptible to these, to these theories because you, have, you had just have a lot of time to consume. Yes, you consume these YouTube conspiracy theories. Also, those kind of conspiracy theories are more readily available to, to us. And yeah. I, I just listen, I think it's I do think it has to do with with wealth and fame. And I've always said this, like people who achieve that level of wealth and fame, they live they live completely different lives. They live on a completely different planet where where maybe that planet is flat and maybe that planet is is uh, uh, filled with giant human beings who have uh, Dino as a pet. Fine. But they they live a different existence than than other people. And and thus, I think they are attracted to these alternate theories because they've got like it figured you, out. You got to be bigger. You got to be like Michael Jackson, fame, wealth, recluse type person to go with these things. Like these NBA rookies, second and third year players. Guys, come on. We got to stick to the stuff that that, that we know. We got to stick to the basics here. Um, they, I can't tell though. Like no one believed Kyrie. And I'm pretty sure he was dead serious. Did did you get the feeling that this was this was taken taken with a grain of salt, or this is totally bought into by by the host of this podcast? Oh well, I th- I think that he thought Jordan Clarkson was serious. He definitely thought he thought he was right. Oh well, I don't I don't I don't know if Channing Fry agreed with him. They they also <laughs> no, no, talked no. they also he talked about Elvis it. not being a real person. Oh, now this is where I draw the line, guys. Okay, Elvis. Uh, you know who is a real person? Ty Lue, and he's going through some real things right now. NBA head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's going to be taking a break to attend to his health. Here's the quote from his statement. I've had chest pains and other troubling symptoms compounded by a loss of sleep throughout the year. Despite a battery of tests, there have been no conclusions as to what the exact issue is. David, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, man. And there's got to be some, I mean, obviously there's so much pressure on these coaches, but it's just coming to light this year. I think with stuff like this and like Clifford, like 
wasn't getting enough sleep, right? Like his body was yelling yeah, so, and it was shut down. Right. So Steve Clifford missed 21 games this season because of crippling headaches that were rooted in, in sleep deprivation. And we're not talking about, oh, I've got a headache or, oh, I've got a migraine, although no. migraines can, can really hit people hard as well, keep them out of work and such. But this was like a, a thing where it was just devastating to his, his health and it was all rooted in the fact that he wasn't getting enough sleep. And yes, it, it does say that like these jobs, there's only 30 of them, David. There's only right. 30 NBA head coaches. And, and, and it is a position where you, you not only have the pressure of your bosses, right? You're the owner of the team, the general manager. You not only have sure. the pressure of that, but you've also got the pressure of your players because Clifford talked a lot about and this probably goes doubly for Ty Lue as to coach LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> you think? You think? But you have to keep that respect. And, and, and Clifford talked a lot about how you can lose the respect of your players by you know, not making the right halftime adjustments over the course of a couple of games, not having the answer, essentially. If these players who have reached the highest echelon of their career, who know a lot about basketball, look to you for an answer – and you don't you either don't have one or do not have the right one then the team says all right that's it this guy doesn't have it and i'm just going to do my own thing because i get paid a lot of money and i'm really good at basketball and now i know better a lot of pressure yeah. and and you see it from both sides on this in this case Doug are just comparing and contrasting Clifford who was not a player right and then Ty Lue, who that's basically why at the time, they wanted him promoted. I think, or he could talk to the players. Or he wait a minute a now. Wait a minute was... now. Listen, Clifford. I think he said he averaged what, like two assists for Maine Farmington. How dare you? Don't take away his college career. <laughs> I'm an NBA player. You know that. You know that. <laughs> a big guest coming up on the Locked On NBA Show. Commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, will join Locked On NBA. That's huge. Huge for the network going to be talking about a variety of topics and we got a list of those topics today and we can play one of those clips tomorrow and talk about it but I want to know what you think so if you're on Twitter at Locked On Hornets we'll put up a little tweet there and, and let us know which one of these topics you want to hear about here's what Adam Silver is going to be talking about on Locked On NBA allowing players voices to be heard Adding European Soccer Cup type events to the NBA. He also was asked about getting involved with gambling. Do you have to eliminate all incentive to lose, a.k.a. tanking? So he's asked about the NBA getting involved in gambling, which they are trying to do, and if that's sort of pressuring them to pressure teams to not tank. So if you want to hear about that, let us know. Will we ever time games for the foreign audience? Is Mexico City a viable NBA city? How do we reach the next generation of viewers considering their habits? David, that might if if uh if I had to pick one, that would be mine. I want to know what the NBA is doing because that's the key. That's the key to taking over from the NFL. If and the NBA is already probably doing a better job than the NFL at getting younger viewers, but what are they planning? What's the strategy? to take over the world. And and we all know that if there's a strategy to take over the world, it starts with young people. Yeah. Got to get the young people. 
And what does oh. Adam Silver want his legacy to be? So those are the topics. Let us know what you want, what clip. We got exclusive access to one of these clips that we will play for you tomorrow from Adam Silver and then talk about it. Is Mexico City a viable NBA city? That's a fine thing, but that's let's not vote for that one. Let's not vote <laughs> for allowing players' voices to be heard. We've we've talked about that a lot. Let's. I'm just saying vote for mine. That's all I'm saying. Just vote for mine. It's clear we don't need more of these voices, guys, when they're talking about giant humans having dinosaurs as pets. Okay, we, it's time to cut back on the voices. Running out of time, so I'm going to combine these two questions because they both sort of have a similar bent. Danny on the chat asks, in a parallel universe, if you could package Kimba and Nick with another big contract in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, would you do it? And then Aussie Steve writes in, would love to hear your thoughts on a trade I've been thinking about. What if we traded our first rounder for Spencer Dinwiddie? Skills champ. So two trade ideas. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets would, would be a backup point guard option for the Charlotte Hornets, but they would trade away what is looking like a top 10 uh, pick in the in this upcoming NBA draft. And then Danny on the chat says, in a parallel universe. Well, first of all, Danny, you have to tell us what, what is in this parallel universe. Is the Earth populated with um, 17-foot-tall human beings walking <laughs> brontosauruses? Like, brontosauruses. Right. Is that what we're, we're dealing with here? And in that universe, uh, how tall am I? And in, in that universe, how tall is Kimba Walker? So we have to answer that question first. Important factors. But David, uh, would you give up all of that to restart with Andrew Wiggins? So going out would be Kimba and Nick. Kimba, Nick, and another big contract. So you're clearing a lot of money. You're bringing back Andrew Wiggins and maybe some, some money filling Something. for – the Wolves. Hmm, that is a toughie. I think I'd take a shot on Wiggins, to be honest with you. I think he's got that chance to jump out and be one of the, the next stars of the league. Not that he will. Um, definitely wants to. He's tired of being third will, banana, exactly. so he would just come in here and want to take want to take the team to wherever they wanted to go. So you at least know that. You at least know that he wants to be an alpha player. And he can be a two-way guy. I mean, he can be a, oh, absolutely. a, a defender as well. Oh, man, so, he, yeah. I mean, he looks yeah, – he's yeah. got shot-blocking ability. He's got – I mean, he can he can nab steals. He can lock guys down. Absolutely. Yeah, people yeah. think – yeah, I think people think that Andrew Wiggins is solely caring about his offense, but that dude plays defense. And me, yeah, and let me be clear. Like, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm worn down by Kimba trade ideas, right? Like, I don't think we should – they should trade Kimba. Uh, but, like, if, if you're asking me, you bring back Wiggins, that's a pretty good return. So, I mean, I would be – okay with that if they did it what about you doug and uh, and aussie aussie steve with the first rounder for spencer dinwiddie whenever we get these well here's the thing i don't think brooklyn would do that as much as brooklyn i'm sure would enjoy a first round pick i really feel Mm -hmm. like they they've got something in spencer dinwiddie like you bird in the hand skilled guy in the league bird in the hand you gotta you gotta keep that you gotta put that in a bushel and then just keep that safe and for the Hornets, you don't want to start trading away first-round picks again, especially not lotto picks. I mean, that's where you have to start hitting on. They haven't done it in the past. But you can't – those those assets are, are too valuable um, for a guy that's probably not – probably, well, wouldn't be a starter here. So that, that one I would decline. Oh. 
Last one before we get out of here. Satchel of NBA LOLs. This is from Morning Edition on NPR, an unlikely source for a satchel, for, for an item in the satchel of NBA LOLs. But ball games, David, aren't the only things featuring ties in March. Urologists around the country report a spike in vasectomy procedures this month. Yeah. Well, I guess it's speculated that it has to do with March Madness. The recovery for the procedure is just some rest on the couch. (laughs) So, so I guess the implication here is that men, maybe they're they're already being. Uh, they schedule us for this time, I see. So they'll have a couple of days. Just right. sit there and have some stuff to watch. Okay, okay. I'm so if fun. you want to watch buzzer beaters and you don't want any more made shots, mm. so to speak, mm-hmm. biologically, <laughs> hit up your local urologist, schedule that vasectomy for March, and watch some hoops. If any urologists out there want to sponsor the show, we'd be happy to have you on board. <laughs> Let us know just in time for March. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter. Let us know what clip you want to hear from Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. He's going to be on Locked On NBA on Thursday. So make sure you're tuned in and subscribe to that podcast as well. Huge get by the network that is growing by the day. And it's all thanks to you and your support. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this show better and better. We appreciate your support. We give away a lot of things throughout the year to our Patreon subscribers. We love them. We cherish them. And uh, we want you to be a part of that group as well. All right. We're out of here. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Charlotte!